Today is Wednesday, August 31st, and this is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHH, where you will hear conversation, information, education, inspiration, and motivation from the American urban perspective. I am your host, Kinsley Ose, and my co-host, Shafiq, is in the studio. Um, today, our special guest will be Pastor John Lewis uh, of Christ Testament Church and Outreach Chair, New Haven Clergy Association. Um, who, um, who is Rodney Williams going to join us? I'm not sure. We are also awaiting Ms. Barbara Fair, the leader organizer of Stop Solitary Connecticut, to um, to join us as well. Today on Urban Talk Radio, you can join the conversation on Facebook at Bone Minds and Twitter at Bone Minds. Also on my Facebook page, Kinsley O S E I. You can also join. You can also stream this show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Um, Shafiq. We have technical difficulties. Please stand by. Wow, a lot of technical. Uh, yeah, we're trying to get this thing right today. Hey, a lot of say, why don't you just let Harry, I mean, Harry. Pastor John Lewis, what's happening, brother? How are you, man? How's it going, Kingsley? How's everything going? Everything is good, man. Everything, everything is good. You know, finally stable. Uh, been doing a lot of traveling with a little one. Yes, you know? yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Good, good time to travel. You know, nice weather. All of that's good stuff. You know, definitely, man. And and greetings from Ghana, West Africa. Um, yes, took the little one out there for three weeks. He's already stamping the passport, doing what is right. You know, nice. Already nice. learning what the motherland is all about. Oh, yes. Um, but before we even get to that, you know, let me big, give a big shout out to uh, my brother, Dr. Adolph Brown, the fans, wife, Miss Marla. Marla, happy birthday. I can't believe it was exactly a year ago. It popped up on my Facebook when um, I went to Atlantic City, um, Ocean Resort Casino, and rocked out her birthday party at a suite. I believe it was the 50th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, today is the Mrs. Birthday, Marla. We love you dearly, and um, you know, in 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 dedication for her, I'm wearing the uh, "In the Balcony" podcast, uh, "In the Balcony" by Dr. Adolph Brown. I'm wearing the "In the Balcony" here. So if you guys don't know what what the "In the Balcony" is, is a podcast that um, you know it's very motivational. Um, every Sunday, it's normally either 7:57 a.m. or 7:57 p.m depending on what part of the country that the aid of Brown is traveling to, um, speaking, you know, throughout all the um, public schools, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, big shout out and happy birthday um, to Marla. And uh, uh, Pastor Lewis, man, you're going to have to join us in the balcony. You said I got joined join in the balcony? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, you gotta join us. I'm gonna send you the um the information. As I said, you know you can always you can always go to um you know Dr. Adolf Brown. Um, you can, you can go to his Instagram page. He's a mental health mechanic. Um, so you know it's it's a very motivational, very positive. You know, I know a lot of you guys know who Dr. Uma Johnson is, right? Oh yeah, Uma. Yes, absolutely. And I always say that he's the opposite of Uma. Tell, tell the truth, nothing but the truth. Now check it out, though. If, 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 you know, I don't want to get into it, but I'm not a fan of um, Uma Johnson. Uh, you know, Uma, you know, Uma is just too loud for me. And um, 
if you get to know if you get to know Dr. Adolf Brown, you will know what the truth is. Matter of fact, he's got a book called Real Talk. So if you want to know about a real truth without getting into the conspiracy theory and, and you know injecting your opinion on others and all that stuff, you want to know what being positive is all about, man. Big shout out to my bro, uh, Dr. Adolf Brown. Check out his book, Real Talk. And um, you know, you know what a, a, a truth is. You know, you got a, a very I, I, uh, Hey, Kingsley, I, I think we also are in an era right now. The real question is, what is truth? That is very important. You know, that what is, is very truth? What is, what is truth? So, um, you know, it, it, it depends on what your truth is. Like I said, you know, somebody's conspiracy theory can, you know, can, you know, can be taken as his truth. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, like we see on this show all the time, there is a real news. And then there is an op opinion news. You know what I'm saying? You know. Um, so it's so it's so it's truth. It, it, it's truth based on the power of influence of an individual being nah. able to be persuasive nah. in what they what they present, or nah. is truth is truth based on history and the repetitive pieces that come along with that information? What is truth? Truth is not injecting your opinion on somebody. That is not truth. Truth, truth is, truth is, if we're going to talk about, it, let's say, okay, this is, you know, this is what happened in Congress. Um, who voted against the gun bill? Who voted against this bill? Okay, now that truth is there. But who voted for it and who voted against it? So that means you cannot tell me nothing less. You cannot tell me you are for my interest if you voted against a bill for voting rights. You cannot tell me anything less if you voted against a bill to bring certain things to my community. That is truth. So the truth is there. We just got to go seek it. If you choose not to seek the truth, that's on you, bro. So that, that's one kind of truth to point out someone that voted or someone that did something. You got some facts to base that on. You got information to base, which is a wonderful thing. But right. the truth that I think that we're missing in our society is mm -hmm. the truth that will give us the ability to become a thriving individual, a thriving people, a truth that's going to help elevate humanity to a place of real peace and unity. What is truth? What is truth that's going to heal this society that is so fragmented with violence? What truth is that? That's the real question because we, again, I think informational truth is great. Who did what? Good. You found out that. But still, again, that's why I say what is truth. I it have, is I true. Have, I have had a lot of this conversation and we seem to argue against our own interests. And, you know, we, we argue so much against our own interests that we don't even know what, what is for us and what is against us. And then if we cut all the noise out, we will realize that, damn, if we can speak together and understand what our need is, we can, demand what, we can demand what we want, but we talk past each other. You see, I was in, um, I, was in uh, I think that was based on the last show, I did talk about it, that um, you know, I went camping in Michigan, and I was in one of them rural areas in Muskegon, Michigan, camping. And uh, it was around two o'clock in the morning when I was at a campfire with a police officer, I think he might have been 23 or 26 years old. That is a, a, a sheriff. And I happened to ask him a question, um, you know, what made you a sheriff? He said, because I wanted to, you know, make difference. And, and then I asked him, do you believe in, do you believe in systemic racism? 
He said, no, I do not believe, believe in systemic racism. And then he goes on to the extent of saying that even Joe Biden is not for law enforcement. He's not for the police. So it was a long conversation. You know, it, it did not come to an end just like that. But I said, bro, I can help you to help yourself. If, if you say you want to be a good cop and you want to separate yourself from the bad ones, trust me, the blue wall, the blue line, you're going to have to engage with people who knows better from the community that I come from to educate you. I, said, I don't blame you for being too young to understand that what systemic racism is. But I also don't blame you that you are in a rural area where you are limited with information that is coming to you. Very limited. You are away from the mainstream. You have been taught that when you hear the word CNN, it says fake news to the point that you don't even want to hear nothing coming out of there at all. Yeah. So, yeah. you asked me a very important question. What is the truth? Yeah. 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 Well, and I, and I, and, and again, you know, that was a, a piece about policing. And if you're not in the midst of it, it's very hard for you to feel the disruption or the disconnect somewhat. Though I know we've gotten certain places and we've made some aspects of progress. But again, just I like to go back to the bare essentials of humanity and and unless we're able and courageous enough to talk about all of these pieces of humanity in our existence but if you cannot go back to the bare central of nature of humanity of respect of love of freedom justice and equality which has universal laws tied to it which is everything that has to do with balance and equality if we cannot understand that we got to go back to those bare principles. Then we can deal with all of these other things and we can deal with laws and policies and all of the corruption and all of that. You're going to always have fragmented conversations mm -hmm. like that based on geographical areas where people live and people want to stay safe. I don't mm -hmm. want to interrupt what I call my peace or interrupt my well-being to, to speak on behalf of others who may not be well. You got to disturb your comfortability and your moments of peace to really start to say, look, I'm not good if we're not good. I can't mm -hmm. say my family's well if humanity in and of itself is not well. We need leaders like that that are not going to be comfortable with their situation being okay but to really fight for the justice for all and not just for a fragment or a few and be all right with that. The problem I'd like to say, the reason why we got all these fragmented truths and building monuments and establishing things on top of these fragments of truth is because people's heart is not really in looking at people as just being barely human beings and respect for life, period. And we got leaders in position that do not hold that at the forefront. It's about what they can get for themselves. It's the leadership that is called, that is allowed, I wanna say. We're gonna deal with the violence, we're gonna deal with the stuff in our community, but it's the leadership that has allowed things to continue on to happen. Leadership can't even get along. Never mind wanting other folk to get along when you got educators arguing on national TV or on platforms in public. And man, please, leadership. And it's time for some of that leadership to be removed. If you ain't saying nothing, 
If you ain't doing nothing, then the people need to remove those individuals out the way. Well, this is the Urban Talk Radio, and as you know, uh, you know we are uh, uh, we, we are solution based. So uh, we all we all know the problem. And uh, for me, it's like, for how long are we going to keep blaming the system and the white man for the violence in our community? Yes, we know they're bringing the guns to our community. Um, you know, they, I, I have this argument with this. You know, mother folks all the time. They're, you know, um, yeah, I'm aware of us shooting each other with illegal guns that get into our community. And, uh, you know, we are also aware of the, the legal guns, you know, with them folks running up in our churches, our mosques, and our schools with them AK rifles, you know, killing us. You know, we are aware of all those. But if we can get our stuff together, no matter how much guns they bring into our community, we ain't got to use them. But if we don't get our stuff together, we can't keep blaming them for bringing the guns into our community and using them. Anybody could take it from here. Miss Barbara, are you there? Oh, yeah, I didn't know you. Can you hear me? Yes, this is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM, WNHH. We do have Miss Barbara Fair, the lead organizer of Stop Solitary Connecticut. In the building with us, we also have Pastor John Lewis of Christ Testament Church, our rich chair and the New Haven Clergy Association. And also my co-host Shafiq is also in the building. Shafiq, are you there? And uh, today I'm here. we are discussing the state of New Haven. The state of Black New Haven is, yeah. the, title, is the title my brother Shafiq I get. Yeah. Me. And we got Rodney here. Rodney's on now. Oh, Rodney Fanelli. Okay, yes. we also have Rodney Williams. I'm on also. Can you hear me? Yes, we can I hear, hear you, Barbara. Barbara. Oh, okay. So we also have uh, Rodney Williams, leader, um, community leader and entrepreneur. And Shafiq, you are going to be leading this conversation. Me and my brother, Pastor Lewis, just got it started while we were waiting for all you guys to chime in. And it happened to be, I was giving a big shout out to uh, my brother, Dr. Adolph Brown, uh, the mental health mechanic. Um, you know, and like I said, I'm wearing his... Uh, Hoodie in the balcony podcast. I'm, I'm, okay, uh, is he I'm paying a, you? Is he, is, a, is he paying look, us? Man, look, man, everything is he paying be about, us? Everything yeah, is he just doing commercials. About, trust me. He, All right. he, he probably does a whole lot for me, you know, more than this little, you know, plug. But anyway, this wasn't too much of a plug for him. I just wanted to give a big happy birthday shout to his wife, Marla. And, uh, you know, that is, you know, why I, I took it there. But rather than that, um, you know, how are you, hey, I guess what the commercials cost. Could my company get one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we let you do a commercial I, I, and rock me. <laughs> the question should be: yeah, I, Can I can I just speak to? Can I just speak to uh, the issue of blaming the white man? That really triggers me when I hear people say that, especially our own people. Uh, what's going on in our community is not about blaming the white man. It's about recognizing the reality. We live in a nation of white supremacy. White supremacy is all it has, is in every system that we have in this country. And as long as we don't dismantle that system, we, the things that they put in place were intentional. The violence that's going on in our community is intentional because if we don't address what causes crime and violence, then we allow it to happen. 
and America is not ad- addressing uh, what causes crime and violence. And so for me, it's all intentional. It's not about blaming the white man or the blue man or the, or the yellow man. It's about recognizing the forces in our communities that allow things to happen. And we never push for that. Like when we talk about let's get rid of violence, okay, I want to go to the roots of violence. I want to look at what breeds crime and violence. So if I want to stop it, I'm going to go there and try to figure out, okay, what's missing? Okay, look in our communities and look what's missing. Look at our kids. How much, how much attention do we pay to them if they're doing the right thing? How many resources do we have in our community? I look at when I was growing up, we had everything for kids to go to. Teen centers, bowling, roller skating, movies, outdoor, outdoor driving. We had so much in our community for our kids. We don't have that now. So you have to look at those things that got taken and removed from our community to look at the source of what's going on. It's not about the white man, but the white supremacy is in charge. It's in every system. It dominates every system in, in America, and we can't ignore that. Thank you very much, um, Barbara. And um, uh, Shafiq, before you come in, um, maybe you heard some, but didn't hear some. The, convers- the dialogue started, the conversation started when I actually was telling Pastor Lewis that I agree 100% with what you said. And um, I said I had a, a conversation with a, a 26-year-old sheriff um, during camping at a camping fire at 2 o'clock in the morning, sipping on some bourbon, while I asked him if he believed that systemic racism exists. And he said no. At the same time, in the other side of the mouth, he said he became a police officer because he wanted to, um, um, he, you know, he wanted to make a difference. I said, well, you can't have it both mm. ways. You cannot make a difference when you live right next to Lansing and at the same time, you don't believe that systemic racism exists. That led to me saying that, you know what, at the same time, we cannot continue to blame the white supremacists and its laws for bringing illegal guns into our community and then we end up using it. If we get our stuff together, there is a whole lot we could do to dismantle that white supremacist and this law. Should we take it from here? And, 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 and many of those things that we have to get together is all the things that uh, children in suburbs have. They have yeah. a lot of opportunities. They have the best schools. They have, all, they have a thriving environment. If we can't give this to our kids, that's what the difference is. If, peop- if kids in the, sub- in the sub- suburban areas had the lack of resources that our kids have, Believe me, crime and violence will be in, a, in an uproar out there, too. But they have that. They have opportunities. They're going to the best school. They're, they're being groomed to know that they can be big things, while our kids are struggling in every way possible. And, in and every I, way possible. They're breaking up our families. That's the root of a lot of crime and violence. Uh, Shafiq, now, yes. one thing that I want to make sure um, that – that I'd be respectful of the fact that um, Barbara Fed need to be able to speak what she want to speak. I feel like, you know, you and Kingsley, you know what I mean? Pastor Lewis talk a lot. Um, Barbara got some good points. I do too. I'm hoping that we get opportunity to speak and you what hear are you our talking about, Rodney? You talking now, Rodney? I know. What are you talking <laughs> about? You just, you I mess up. Barbara, you you, you use up all your time on the intro. <laughs> I just feel like we got to own our luggage. Um, first of all, first of all, hold up, Rodney, Rodney, can you, Rodney, hold up, Rodney, Rodney, hold up one second. Can you reintroduce yourself and and tell us a little bit about you and then go into it, please? I'm not, I'm not going to listen. I'm Rodney Williams. I'm just trying to, you know, 
No, I need you to reintroduce yourself. Tell us what it is that you do, you know, so our listeners can can get familiar with who you are. What 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 I do is I'm trying to make a difference. That's what I do. And and that's the quickest thing I could tell you about me. I'm Rodney Williams. I'm trying to make a difference. And and I'm trying to create a path so the youth um could have a future, so the youth could have a platform like we got. Because the truth is we're able to talk and talk about what we're talking about, but where is the youth voice on mm-hmm. what their needs are? Where they at? Like I'm I'm out here fighting, Barb out here fighting, but who inviting the youth? And, and and discussing what their concerns are, what their future should be like. But so what I'm trying to do school right I, now, though. Rodney Williams is trying to pass my platform to somebody else younger than me so they could talk about their future. But I want to say this. We got to own our luggage, okay? Um, there's some things that, that the white man has done to us, but a lot of these things that happen to us, Barbara, happen right up underneath the umbrella of black people being in control. We don't got youth centers, we ain't got nothing for youth, but we got black automatic board and black elected officials that aren't doing nothing for us. Our kids don't have no future, don't got no agenda, um, because people that look like us is in control. And 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 you talking about the state of the black, uh, some of these people, we need to get rid of them. And I don't, you know what I mean? They need to go. Ain't nobody talking about that. You talking well, about I mean, right? I can talk about that. Solution. Solution. And Rodney, before you came on, we was talking about some black officials that had to go. You probably missed all of that. Right. Yeah, that's so, why y'all should have waited for me and Barb to get on. <laughs> we, no, no, we're gonna blame no, Harry no. for that. We're gonna blame Harry. We're gonna blame Harry for that. But here's what here's what we're gonna do. Um, one, I apologize that we got off to a late start. We just had some technical difficulties. Um, and this is a difficult topic. We've talked about this before. Um, and Kingsley and I, you know, we had made a commitment early in the year. We wanted to do it once a month, but it's been the summer. So we've been, both of us been really busy, but we felt that it was something that was important enough that we needed to talk about at least once a month. Right. Because we have a lot of things going on in our country facing black people. And today, as we've done in the past, sometimes we've talked about black issues at a state level. Sometimes we've talked about it at a national level. But today um, we want to just drill down and talk about New Haven. Right. Um, and then this could be, also, you know, extended to Hartford. Um, I'll call it the metros, Hartford, New Haven, Bridgeport. Um, it's the same black plight. It's the same mm-hmm. deterioration of black leadership. But here's what I will just ask um, if we can if we can just redirect the focus. We have done a great job, myself being, uh, if, if this is a blame, of always being able to identify what is our problem, what the issues are, what the issues, what's the problem. We have also, as black people, um, come into every generation of black people in America, one after another after another, waiting for racism to end, waiting for racism to change, waiting for systematic racism to be nicer to us, waiting for a bias and bigotry to move away from us, waiting for us in our economics and our education to change. We have been patiently praying and waiting and singing and doing all kinds of things over the course of our entire existence here. 
what I would ask you all today is, let's talk about what we need to do to change this. This, is, this obviously doesn't change on itself. It obviously hasn't worked for us. And obviously the waiting has not worked. And us continuing to talk about it doesn't seem it's going to bring us some change. So my thing would be, um, I consider all of y'all thought, thought leaders. Um, you know, what do we need to do to move forward? What is the what is the I, move? I, what I, is I the move forward? Can I just say this is what I believe is 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 really important for us to do to move forward. I hear many people when I talk about policy, they say, "Oh, I don't get involved with politics." That that right there is a big problem. Because politics is running your life, whether you know it or not. So when you don't get involved, that's why the people in control can control your life. And they control your life with policies that they pass that you're not sitting down at the table crafting the language or anything for. And that's how they get to control you. Well, and give you us think, an example, oh, it's, it, it's us. It's, but it, but we're not. And you got, when you talk about voting, we always talk about, oh, vote, vote, vote. But vote for who? The lesser of two evils? I came to the conclusion I'm no longer voting for the lesser of two evils because in doing so, I'm still voting for evil. Right. So and that's what people, we have to get a grip on. We have to get people that actually really care and have shown a uh, long commitment to our people. So right and not voting <laughs> for somebody just because they're black or they're the first woman or they're the first anything, but they have shown a commitment to, to the well-being of, of African people in this country, because no one else seems to have that as a, a something that they need to do. We have to name it. We have to thank, do it. Thank you, Barbara, because I say on this show every time, and critique hear me say all the time, civic engagement, civic engagement, civic engagement. And I, said, I, I tell people that politics rules everything around you. When you walk mm -hmm. out of the house, it's all about politics. You go to that gas tank, and it's up or down, it's politics. Your groceries, it's politics. School, politics, everything. So I, I appreciate you saying that because I say this on this show almost every week. Go ahead, Sophie. So Rodney, uh, I want to switch over to Rodney uh, from that conversation. Yeah. Rodney, you've been, you've been talking about this particular thing, and I, I was hoping that you could share your thoughts around. You've been talking about getting the, getting the youth um, activated. Right. So, so Barb, um, you're right about that, and and I feel like the um, black leadership um, let the black community down. And um, to me, you're right about um, don't vote for somebody just because they're black. They need to prove themselves. But the problem we have with that thinking right now is that I got kids and I got grandkids. Um, we need to figure out how we get them involved in politics so they could have a platform, so they could create policy change for themselves. Barbara. Well, if we if we if we're doing it, we educate them. But if we're no, not we even doing it, well, no. But we need to get them to vote. So here's here's what I what I, what I'm talking about, Barb. What I'm talking about is trying to create a platform, um, so the youth got got they got agenda. So and, and get them to understand it ain't about um you voting so you get a job. It's about you voting so you get a platform. So then you could get people in, and then you guys could create policy change because. The, the things that they talk about right now, Barbara, the things that they're passing right now, them things don't affect our kids. The people who are making policy changes and, and voting on stuff, they're not, they're not voting to make things better for our kids. Like, my future, they, but they need to go, Barbara. It's like 
in order for us to save our kids, it can't be about us right now. And and, and, and it ain't about me no more. I'm trying to figure out how do I bring them up so they can have a platform. Here's what I'm going to tell you. The blacks that are in power right now, Barbara, they don't want the kids to vote. The kids have no voice. They have no platform because they don't vote. And when you look at the definition of constituent, constituent is somebody you vote for. Right. So you can't complain about what somebody doing or what they're not doing, and you're not voting. So what happened to us is no. true, but I'm saying, Barbara, we need to figure out to help them. And the only way we can help them, Barbara, is they need to learn to find somebody um, that they can trust that honestly don't work for the city, don't work for the state, because you can't be a, a effective politician and work for the city or the state because they control your money. And we need to teach them that, that when they look for leadership, that these are some of the things that they need to make sure they pay attention to. Because when you look at all the people that's running what they're running on, on all these boards and stuff, barbers, it, go look at their jobs, how they mm-hmm. eat. They all mm-hmm. eating in positions that if you call them up and be like, well, you know, uh, you know, you might want to think about what you're saying. Um, you're going to think about it because they know that, you know, you can lose your job. Right. Them the kind of leaders we got right now. Right. So, so I will share, I will share this. Um, and both of you, I agree with both of you, you know, um, when I was running for Alder and um, it was the first time I ever, I ever ran for public office, they told me, get the voter list and focus on what they call the scratch-offs. So the scratch-offs is when everybody votes at whatever the day of the voting poll and you give them your ID and they cross your name off. I'm sorry to call them cross-off on the scratch-off. They cross your mm-hmm. name off. That means you're voted. So if, when you uh-huh. get this sheet from the city's clerk's office, if it has a cross through the line, those are all the people that voted. So when you get mm-hmm. ready to go run your campaign, all you do is take that sheet and you only knock on the doors of the people that voted because the strategy mm-hmm. of the thought process is if they voted, then they'll vote again. And these are normally the people they vote. So that mm-hmm. means exactly what, what, what Rodney, what you're saying. If 18 to 29 year olds or 18 to 30 year olds don't vote, they're not going to likely be talked to by the candidate about what their needs are. And as a, as the candidates normally put their message together, their message is based on talking to their voters. So if I'm going to go run, and I say I'm running on safety, jobs, um, you know, in recreation. Well, if everybody I talk to is 35 and up, how they view safety, how they view reg- uh, you know, recreation and education is going to be totally different than the 18 year old. So as I'm building my message, my message is not going to really be about um, some of the things we're talking about here, um, trade jobs, because at 35, I'm probably already into my trade job. Safety for me just means I don't want my car broken in. It doesn't mean that I have an issue walking down the street. So what y'all are saying is 1000% true that if we don't electrify these youth, I, and I say really around voter education, which is what we're talking about here now, um, it's going to, you know, we're, we're in a tough road. So I'm going to... That's why my question when I listen to you is, uh, and everybody talks about how the young people don't vote. My question is, why aren't they voting? 
Is it because they feel like I do? Well, who am I voting for? What am I voting for? Am I just going to vote just to be voting, just to say I voted? Well, let me we say used to have We used to have politics and civics and stuff taught in our classroom. So our kids knew all about that. They don't do that stuff anymore. When I went, when I first started going to Harvard, and even now, when I go to Harvard, when I see busloads of kids coming up, those are white kids. They're not our kids. When we have trips in, in, in like New Haven and Bristol, I don't know if they still do it. It was going to the Bronx Zoo somewhere. White kids are going to the Capitol. They yeah, they they getting groomed as little kids in politics. I'm I'm going to credit. I'm going to credit our agents to change program that. We do civic engagement. We I don't even I, we we talk about civic engagement throughout the program, teaching these kids how to vote, understanding that when the snow hit and your community your community snow was not plowed, your trash was not picked up, and a couple of blocks away is as clean as it is. You got you don't even know why it wasn't. But if you understand politics and you dig into it. You're going to find out that the next black voted. Your community, on your part, you guys did not vote. And it's affecting mm-hmm. you somehow without actually knowing that. Why is it that this street is not plowed and this street is plowed? Why is it that money mm-hmm. is being spent? Why is it that there's a grocery store over here, but there ain't no grocery store over here? So people are complaining, but they don't even know why the problem exists. You cannot solve a problem if you don't know what the problem is. You're right. Listen. When, when you look at Newhallville, I say it all the time. Um, we, we're disrespected um, because we don't vote. So, Barbara, so what, mm-hmm. what my goal is right now over the next couple of months <laughs> you know, is, is try to get the youth um, just one chance. You know what I mean? And, and I'm going to be honest with you, Barbara, that if I could get people to show up to vote and, 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 and nothing change and, and they don't get paid attention to, Barbara, you'll never hear me say nothing else. But the, mm-hmm. but if I know one thing that I know that is right, what I'm talking about right now, they're, they're not trying to teach the kids, Barb, you saying why they're not voting? They're not trying to teach them the importance of the vote because the black people that's in power, Barbara, they don't want the kids to vote. Okay? And, and, and I know John Lewis is up here right now. I want to say something. Years ago, Newhall... Um, was black ownership, black everything. The numbers were strong, right? We need the clergy um, to talk about the importance of voting. Um, uh, can I, and I, can like I, I say, it I, is important, I, but is it's it, important to all, know who you're voting for. Is it okay? Is it okay if I if I talk now? I mean, yeah, you, you can put your hands down. Oh, okay, thank you. I just, <laughs> yeah, I, wanted, I, I, I just want to make sure. It's hard when you're on the phone. You don't know, you know, Wait, you can't listen. show that you want to say something. I feel like I'm interrupting people. Yes. No, 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 Bob, you know, again, and I and I commend Barbara and Rodney all the time. Barbara knows I support her uh, 150% of the that we can't do that. Rodney, the same way, he does great work out in the community. Uh, and I and I think, like I said earlier with... Uh, what Rodney was saying about the leadership. I just think that any leader right now, and especially in clergy, my whole purpose for becoming a part of the clergy association was to help them instead of always condemning them. 
because sometimes mm-hmm. people don't know how to connect or know how yeah. to go and do. At least we could say we're giving them a fair opportunity to work with the community so they can't say, well, we really don't understand the strategy, why the community feel like that. So that's number one, why I get involved mm-hmm. with stuff. When you don't like something, do something. Be a part of it so that you can change it. The other piece of that is, like you said, Barbara, that who are you going to be able to vote for? And like Rodney's saying, we got to prepare all these young people to get in position. They got to, re- we got to prepare alders right now. Because right now you don't hear nothing from most of the alders that are in the community. You hear nothing from most of the leaders, as, as it was said, sitting around the table who get paid who get paid, so they're not going to be able to say but so much. So any leader right now that is not talking about the wellness and the betterment of a community that's riddled with violence, any leader right now that's childish to bring their petty differences that they don't, oh, I ain't going to work with this one because I don't like mm-hmm. them. And so never mind what's going on in the community. I ain't going to, later for that, I don't like him nowhere. I don't like that one no way. Any yep. leader that is not talking unity and coming together and getting beyond those petty differences need to be sat down and they need to be publicly put to shame because it's not, Mm -hmm. you cannot blame it just on these young people and the violence disappears. Yes, we got to own what we do with things in our hands. We got to become better engaging with one another. But at the end of the day, when you got leaders that can come around and they can speak this, speak to the violence, make a difference, and they choose not to because they don't get along with an individual that might be an alder or might be a pastor or might be some other official, you need to be sat down, period. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot of say, that. Let me say something about what uh, Rodney said. I wanted to make sure that is um, clarified because I heard Brother Rodney say something about the, 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 the people do not want the kids to vote. I wouldn't say that is accurate because every um, candidate or anybody running for office wants the most vote he can get. And he doesn't even care where the vote comes from. Some are lazy trying to get the vote. Some knows where to get the vote. Some just rely on whatever. Um, but no. voter, hold on. You gotta let, me listen. Listen. let me finish. Best you know, let me finish. Voter suppression is real. All right. And there's a voter suppression that comes from that one side of the party, from the white supremacists or whatever it is that you want to call it. We have been suppressed when it comes to voting. So I wouldn't say that, you know, there are people out there who do not want the kids to vote. The kids are not just being educated about the importance of voting. And anybody running for office should know the importance and know how to get the kids involved. That's what we got to because I would not say that it's just regular candidates just not trying to have the kids to vote in order to win an election. Um, uh, let me do a, let okay, me do so a commercial. Let me, uh, Rodney, Rodney, let me just do a commercial. Rodney, let me just do a commercial. Uh, if you just join us today on Urban Talk Radio, uh, we're joined on Urban Talk Radio today by co-host Kingsley Jose and myself, Shafiq Abdusabar. And we have with us uh, Pastor Lewis, who's a returning guest. He is uh, one of the representatives of the New Haven Clergy Association, Barbara Fair, who uh, she's been a long, lifelong activist and advocate in New Haven, and Rodney Williams, who I grew up with 
played football with. We played Little League football. Um, Rodney's an entrepreneur. We're talking about the state of Black New Haven today on Urban Talk Radio. And you can join us by logging on newhavenindependent.org if you're missing any part of this show. Urban Talk Radio airs every Wednesday at 11 o'clock. We're talking about the state of Black New Haven, focusing on um, not the problems, because we know what the problems are. We want to talk more about the solutions. Say, Bon the Radio, tell them the following AP. Okay, and our producer, <laughs> our producer is just telling us now that we're going to be logging off the radio, and we'll be picking up this uh, remainder of the show on Facebook Live. So you can, we'll continue to show on Facebook Live. Go ahead. Shafiq, um. before you, um, I, 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 I throw it back at you. Um, if if you guys can see on the screen, uh, can can can, uh, can you guys see? On they the can't see it. Two of them are on the radio. They, I mean, on on the no, phone, no, they no. can't see that. Can you see it? I can see it. No. Okay. Um, but but we're not guys... talking about that. No, talking hold up, Shafiq. Just hold up, hold up, Shafiq. Don't do that. I'm showing this because we're talking about teaching the kids about being the next leaders. Um, we brought my brother Kobe here on this show. Yes. And, you know, from our live from Ghana. This is what he is doing in Ghana. His organization called Youth Leadership Parliament. And what do, what they do is they prep these kids to be the next city council, to be the next whatever, all the way to being the next president of Ghana. All right. So that it's not some hedge fund dude, some rich corporate guy who put up so much money to run the country. So this is what he is doing, prepping the next young kids into politics. I'm not sure who is doing that in the United States or whatnot, and they are very well, serious with this. All right, go ahead. Well, let, let me just say this. We we talk about solutions, okay? Yes, please. Um, Shafiq talked about something, and I don't know um, too much about you, Kinsley. Um, Shafiq tell you, I know him ever, ever since I was little. Um, I ride through the community all the time. I talk to people all the time, um, so I know what's going on on the ground. We just now had an alder that ran an award over in New Hallsdale. Young man, Devin. One of the reasons why he probably won, Barbara, because you know he got to that youth. So yes. when you, yes, saying they, 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 you said that it's not they're not trying to engage them, um, Wendell Harp taught me something. He told me to verify something before you say something. And what I'm going to tell you is this. I'm from New Haven. I'm from New Hallville. I was a coach here involved in politics. You asked me what I do. I didn't want to get into the long thing. And, and, and the background I got, I know all the alders. They all know me. And they know I don't play with them, that I will check them. What I'm telling you, if I don't know nothing, the one thing I do know, they are not trying to activate the youth. I don't disagree. I don't. Dis I don't disagree on that. And, and they, they're not yes, trying to. They're not trying to get them to vote. Because the truth is this: when he ran, they gave him a sheet. They told him, "Go get these people, and you could become the older." That's how the game works. Yeah, that's in politics. Game. You need a certain amount of votes to win, and that's they it. tell you, "Here they go, right here." You ain't got to go talk to this person, that person. Just go see this person, and you're gonna be the next older. So the question that's I have. So I got a question for you, Pastor Lewis, um, because you know this has been a conversation that, that we've kind of had that has not included the clergy. Every election, um, the governors come down, they meet with the clergies, 
Uh, they want to meet meet with the top bosses of the clergy. They come to the church. Mm -hmm. um, the, mm -hmm. Particularly the um, governor, people who are running for lieutenant governor, people who are running for Congress, people who are running for uh, federal Senate, and local mayor. Whoever the local mayor candidate doing the church tour is on their mm -hmm. list. The community mm -hmm. hardly ever knows when that's going to happen. The mayor yep. then comes up and sings, um, you know, this little light of mine or uh, mm -hmm. carry me over river. Or if they're really good, they'll mm -hmm. sing um, uh, on the sparrow. Everybody is in awe. This is so amazing. I didn't know they could sing and all this other stuff. And then yep. it's almost guaranteed they got the backing of that black constituent. Why is it not the black churches doing weekly Sunday voter registration? Getting their um, their 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 patrons, getting grandma, getting big mama, getting big auntie, saying, "You're gonna come to church with me today. You don't have to stay the whole time, but I just need you to come and get this voter registration together." Why aren't the clergy associations, other associations, coming together in a unified way, saying, "We're only gonna preach about civic engagement or 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 your power in politics." or um, your voting power, we're gonna preach this for the next 30 days. And then 30 days after this, we're all, so you're getting one blanket message. Is that something that you all are thinking about or have thought about doing? Let me, let me say this to you in truth. <laughs> now, Kimber is not on that list because they don't like Kimber like that. And he's the president of the New Haven Clergy Association. Now, your other pastors, that are sitting around the tables and making decisions like we talking about that ain't saying nothing, or oh, they're probably on the list and they're probably getting their parishioners to, to rally around voting for the lesser two evils. So again, it depends on, because you got fragments of uh, uh, clergies around Connecticut New Haven that are broken up in pieces. So it's not even a, uh, even a collected effort. Any pastor, that challenges the government or challenges the mayor of New Haven, trust me, he's not on that list to go visit to get votes. They're going after those individuals that are already yes people at the table and that's not going to challenge, like Rodney said, that they're getting the paycheck and they ain't going to open up their mouth but too much. You got leaders right now, you got some clergy right here that has benefited from the funds that come from New Haven. Excuse me? Right. Working for the Board of Ed. Right. Yeah. And benefited from getting funds. You got a whole community being built right now based on one, not a clergy association, but on one church over there on Orchard Street that got that whole community and they've been tied in with the whole process of right. this community so, development. So here's what's really interesting. So that, that I hear well, you my say, hand is so, up. I know you can't see yeah, it. So when I get a chance, yeah, when you yeah, get a chance. Let me just make this comment, Barbara, then I'll, we'll switch to you and then we'll mm -hmm. go to you, Rodney. So that's really interesting that you would say that, Pastor Lewis, because obviously I've known you for a long time. And when I've often talked to you, you've often talked about love and unity and how we need to come together in love and unity. But what I'm sounds like I'm hearing you saying is that the, that various clergies and churches are actually not unified. They that's actually right. work interdependently on their own, but yet the same group of individuals are all 
when we're all clamoring for change and justice and resources, and we don't all agree with each other, y'all tell us love and be unified. So what I so what what I want to throw back to you is say, if you were not, and if you did not have a leadership position on the New Haven Clergy Association, I would give you a pass. But my brother, today you do not get a pass. You are a leader in that structure. And it is your responsibility to get moving and get the change. Don't the next time we have you on this radio, and you know me and you is real, don't come yep. back here. Don't come back here with that. You come back here with I held a meeting after we got off this radio show. And you know what, Shelby? Uh, Kingsley, Barbara, Rodney, and a week later, I call all of them together without cameras, without without anybody else, and we went in the room and we powwowed it out. These are the enemies, these are the friends, these are the allies, and this is the group that's going to get moving, right? So you've been so you've been notified now. You've been Actually, notified because I'm, because I'm, literally, I'm, literally because you have told the public you've told the public what we can rely on and what we can't rely on. You're the leader. You're in that leadership position. That's your that's your moral obligation. Barbara. No question. Barbara. Solution. That, that's right. So uh, I've been listening to all of this, and, and especially around, um, I want to go back slightly to voting. When we, when we do get people to vote, we have to make sure that people know that there's work to be done beyond voting. Because I think people think once they voted, they done did their civic duty. Legislators do not pay much attention to people who just pull the lever. They never come to them. They never make any demands, never make calls or anything. So they're going to do what they can get away with. Me as a voter, they know my vote matters, and they know I'm coming with demands. I was on the phone just yesterday with legislators talking about what they need to do about certain issues going on in prison. How many of the people that go out and vote every day even rethink that they have to talk to legislators once they vote? That, that's huge right there. So votes matter, but voting with demands it matters even more. So I'll tell you quickly about my little experience. The one time that I ran for office, that's why I don't even bother anymore, when I was trying to run for Alder, I went, and, and I had uh, back pain, but I got out there and I walked door to door in the area, in the Dwight area. And people, oh, yeah, I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote. I know you. I watch your show. And, oh, yeah, they were just so full of love, and they're going to come out and vote. <laughs> well, when the time, when it, when voting day, election day came, I hardly seen any of those people out there. But you know who, who I did see? I seen the mayor. I seen the superintendent out there at the poll where I was supposed to be at to make sure that people that did come out were not voting for me. When the governor comes into, into New Haven, you know one person he's making sure he runs from? Barbara Fair, Stefanowski. People said they had conversations with Stefanowski, and I've been trying to talk with him. The one person he hasn't talked to, Barbara Fair, because they both know they can't run the BS to me because I'm out there, I'm in the Capitol, I know what's going on, and I know who's doing what and who isn't. So it makes a difference. So I'm going to let it go right there because I know we don't have much time. But we so, must do more than just vote. Rodney. So, so listen. So you're absolutely right, Barb. So here's my point. If we get these kids together and, and get these politicians, especially if, if we get numbers, like all the black churches, honestly, there's enough of them that they should, it should be like 
um, based on all the churches we know, and like Newhallville, there's no way we shouldn't be able to get three, four hundred people um, registered in Newhallville um, to vote. There's no mm-hmm. way between all the black churches we don't right. find almost five thousand um, new registered voters and get to you. But get them politicians to come and speak to these kids. Like, what is the agenda going forward? Like Barbara said, don't just vote for nobody. And and I don't feel we should do that no more. I don't care if you black anymore. I don't want to hear that no more. Because a lot Mm -hmm. of black people get a power and they don't do a damn thing for us. Shafiq, the one thing you didn't talk about, and Barbara, let me just say this. We got over Mm -hmm. a billion dollars worth of work going on in this city. We got black kids out here shooting each other. None of them talking about taking no money to do a trade school. Um, mm-hmm. these kids, these white kids come in our town every day. They go home, they got houses, paying mortgages, send their kids to college. Mm-hmm. They eating off. New Haven is a gold mine for everybody mm-hmm. other than the damn but, uh, residents here. And we got black it. people passing these damn, giving them land deals, LDAs, putting no language in there where we grow with the city. Mm-hmm. Let me ring the tsunami bell, okay? Mm-hmm. And be mm-hmm. clear about one thing. In a couple of years, you won't be able to live there or exist in New Haven. Mm. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And it's because of black people. Because mm. black people in power, they the one giving the city away. It ain't giving the youth nothing. So the youth need to come out and get rid of their ass. I just, I just want to quickly say, um, when you talk about the opportunities, um, and, and this is about Shafiq, so that that doesn't matter. It's about the contract that we had in New Haven where Shafiq was allowing people who have past criminal histories to have an opportunity to work and take care of their families. He had that contract. They took it from him and gave, let me finish, they took the contract from the black business owner and gave it to someone in Massachusetts. What is that doing for our tax base? What is going to happen to these people who who were able to get jobs nowhere else that now now don't have a job? What are we doing about that? At Board of Aldermen, what are they going to do about that? I mean, it's things like this when you talk about where, where you want to boast about minority business and then you take one and give it to somebody in another yeah. state. I don't get it. So, so let, me take, let, me, let me respond to this and say this. Um, and you're right. Uh, you're right. And the fight continues. You know, when I, was a, when I was a sergeant, I'll tell this very personal story. It was, I was a sergeant. I was president of the Black Police Officers Association nationwide. There was another sergeant who was president of the New Haven Silver Shields, the local Black Police Association. And then there was another officer that was the president of the New Haven Guardians. So there's just three Black leadership of cops. We go to the chief because they wanted to have a meeting. And I, I just to say I was there for moral support. The chief was white-skinned Jewish. They go to him and they complain, and their complaint was, Chief, we're complaining that no black people are getting hired to the police department. They keep getting kicked out of the uh, academy. We're also complaining that black cops are being unfairly treated in the department. We're also complaining that black cops um, can't move ahead in the department. And the chief looked over at us, and particularly at the two of them, because I was there as a, I guess you would say, moral support, and said, I gave you the head of the training division is black, is a black male. I gave you predominantly black investigators to do the background checks. You have a black assistant chief. The head of internal affairs is black. 
and you have black commanders in patrol. He said, what in the hell do you think I put that infrastructure there for? He said, I put it there so that you could help yourself in advance. One of the leaders looked at him and said, yeah, chief, but you need to understand that all black people is not for black people. And he said, "Amen." that's your damn problem. He said, I did my job. He said, I did my job. He said, as a white man, I gave you the resources. If you fail to activate them, that's on you. And that's what I'm going to say to what you said, Barbara, and to what we're saying on this call. You know what? You're absolutely right. I cleaned these schools. We had cleaned these schools for seven years, five years continuously cleaning 52 schools. No issues. We never had a problem. We hired everybody and mama. We did um, uh, employee development. We developed people that had no job skills, no job training, had all kinds of issues, but they came out the back end a better person. That happened. I did my part. This contract that we lost, we didn't lose it with a board of alders laced with white people. We didn't lose it with the war head laced with white people. We didn't lose it with a superintendent that was white. We didn't lose it in a city with a predominantly white uh, um, Connecticut delegation. We lost it with predominantly black, Hispanic, and Latino leaders controlling everything. So here's the deal. I'll go back to what we said initially. Hell no, we can't blame white people. Blame ourselves and it begins mm-hmm. with us holding people accountable and i'm gonna give the mic up to kingsley after i say this pastor lewis you said something like i'm gonna go back to the clergy and we're gonna you know talk about because some of them you know they need to be sat down nah people don't need to be sat down they need to be sidelined dude the, 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 we're taking a prison we, we playing around we got to do like donald trump out here saying him and Gates and and, and and DeSantos, these boys is wild and they saying anything. And we sitting around saying, well, you know, Rodney, this is the last time you're going to violate me. And I'm nah, get, we from New Haven. We know how to get gully. We know how to be yeah. raw. We know how to be, well, mm. come on, man. Everybody want to be going back in the day, white party, yo, when I used to do this, where's your courage? Where's your courage? Mm-hmm. You had enough courage flashing guns on your family, on your boys, on the people in the neighborhood, and now you're all hugging down in the bottom of the bone field, drinking, smoking weed, chilling, whatever, whatever, and you got no courage to stand up for your grandkids and your great-grandkids? Word up. Here's my position. Come get me. I'm fighting for great-grandkids I'm going to never meet. Come get me. Yep. I'm fighting yep. for great-grandkids I'm going to never meet. So it's nothing that you could offer me you can tell me, you can say to me, you can threaten me. I'm fighting for great grandkids I will never meet. That's yeah, what that's I'm saying. That's right. Yes. We have too, too many conditioned Negroes in leadership. That's what we have. We don't have leaders with courage. We have conditioned Negroes. Yeah. And, Bob, and, Bob, and Bob, you can only Bob. do, you know, we will only be limited to what our Lord and our savior has limited us to. That's all we have to do. I know it's tough for folks and I know people are scared. And I know sometimes it's, it's nerve wracking and it's, you know, you don't want to lose stuff in this, but I'm gonna tell you like my brother, Greg Smith said, he said, if you're not willing to fight to a level where you are going to lose something, then you're not going to make a difference. 
That's it. Barbara, Barbara um, I think one of the, the, the best things that you said on this show, um, voting, educating this case, um, importance of voting. Uh, we all agree uh, politics rules everything around us. I'm always speaking to my youth. Um, as you could see, and um, I have some something here on the screen, one of our agendas of agents of change, the impact of social issues on our culture. This is uh, one mm. of our um, agendas with a case. I have Florida stop the, uh, stop the wrongs to our case and employees. That is the WOKE Act, W-O-K-E Act. If you guys don't know about that, critical race theory. Um, we define uh, critical race theory to the case, what that means. Uh, what else we have here? The don't, right. say, don't say gay bill. I mean, we are talking to, you know, like I said, it's enough of going to the library, pulling out books, and everybody going through the same basketball, this, that. Everybody using the same thing to program with this case. That's not what we do in our program. What I, I think, think. Go ahead. I, I think Rodney made a point, and I think that's one of the things far as the solution that her, uh, him and Barbara were saying. I think that we got to create a platform for these politicians and get together, get these youth together, and to give them an opportunity to challenge even the city officials, those individuals mm -hmm. that are sitting in these seats. I think that we need to galvanize these young people together and allow them educate, first of all, the steps, information gathering, educate them, and then now get a personal commitment from our youth to say, we're not going to stop until we see something that's going to make a difference and we're going to hold these individuals accountable. I think that platform has to be created. I think that we should be moving on that now, open up that opportunity for them to speak and to say, what they need to say, because it ain't gonna stop until we allow them to have a voice and to allow those leaders to be held accountable and should feel like you said, it's not about conversating with them. It's about moving them out of the way. They have to feel mm -hmm. the pressure right. just like any other leader, the mayor, the governor, I don't That's care right. who you are. If they don't feel like there's no pressure, they That's don't right. care what you want. They That's don't right. care about mm -hmm. how you feel about nothing. But we have mm -hmm. to create that uh, opportunity for the people's voice to be heard and yeah. to remove these individuals now. Today, what we got to lose? First of all, I could say me personally, I ain't never got a dime from the city. I don't work for the city. Ain't nobody, no pastor, no other leader ever that ever gave me nothing. No. Nothing. Hey, mm -hmm. hey, can I ask you guys a question? I mean, you, you guys are in New Haven and I have something here on the screen. Is anybody running a program in New Haven that got anything to do with social impact content? Is anybody running a program for the youth got something to do with social impact content? That you know yes. of? No, yes, they got, yes, we're connecting with some people that are doing that. Is that information that I need? No. I'm just trying to, um, yeah. um, you know, I'm, 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 I have on the screen, um, again, one of our agendas from a, a friend of mine, Jesus R., who is opening a $5 million school in Yonkers, New York, called Social Impact Content. This is a dude that was shot at the age of 22 years old, 22 times with a 22 caliber. And when he recovered, he didn't retaliate. He picked up a gun, uh, a camera. He showed himself how to use it. And um, now he's a big time film director, changed his life around. 
and he's all yeah, about send that. Send, yeah. send that. Send that. Send that. Here's what I'm gonna say, and I, you know, I remember he was on the show, but I'm gonna say exactly. this because because you said it already. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna just go from what I know. My mother was a Black Panther. I, I was raised in that era, right? Little kid on the green four years old, five years old. I remember the police dogs when they came and attacked everybody. My mother was racing down the street with me, running back to the hill to Edgar Street. Um, I later became a cop and worked alongside some of those same cops. Um, And I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. If anybody like uh, Van Jones got this millions and millions of dollars from um, Jeff Bezos and all this other stuff for social change, ain't gonna be no damn change with that money. These people is never going to give you a whole bunch of money to save your people. If they was going to give you a whole bunch of money to save your people, they would take the money they got now and save our people. Right now in Jackson, Mississippi, which is a predominantly black city in Mississippi, in Mississippi, has 80% African-American population, 30% of which is poor. They can't even take a shower in the water because the water's contaminated. It's been contaminated for almost four or five years. And recently in the last two years, they can't even drink the damn water. But we are sending billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine, Ukraine. to fight a war right. between Ukraine and Russia where black people can't even get a damn clean drink of water. Are you kidding me nancy pelosi is going to taiwan to do what and now we're sending them money for for weapons and black people can't even get a, a damn clean drink glass of water and we thinking that somebody gonna give us some money to save us rodney said this and i believe you rodney i'm gonna I'm a memorialize my leaders on this call sometimes help ain't help so say it rodney williams <laughs> oh, oh. Always know the slave master will never give the keys to his kingdom to a slave. Just we know gotta that. We got to do this work ourselves. We got to do, people, we got to do this work. Kingsley, the work you do with, 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 with Connecticut against violence, Kingsley, that's real work. Those hip hop um, events that you do and engage kids and you've been doing it and it's the slow grind, that's real work. The king, the, 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 the kings and center that you do, Pastor Lewis, real work. Uh, that work you did, Barbara, for solidary confinement. Let me keep it a buck with you. I got a I got a brother-in-law that's been in prison now for 30 years. Calls my wife almost every day, at least three, four times a week. No matter where we are, we could be on vacation. We'd be in Costa Rica and the phone ring. And it's him calling from the prison. He called after you got this bill passed. And she mm-hmm. said, my brother just called me on an iPad from his prison cell. She said, how did that happen? She said, he got an iPad now and he can FaceTime me from his prison cell because they allow him to do that. How did that happen? I said, that's Barbara Fair. That's that Barbara Fair bill. That's what Barbara Fair passed a solitary confinement. Two weeks later, he called her and said, they used to only get like one call a day or something. Now they can get six phone calls a day. That's, that's what that policy change does, Barbara. That's the work that's needed to happen on the ground. Ain't nobody gave you no millions yep. of dollars. And I just got a call yesterday that now they're getting their four and a half hours out of out of, mm. out of cell, mm. more mm. time out of cell, which mm. they weren't getting before. So it, it the yeah. work you do up in Hartford matters. You can't just vote. You have to do more. That's right. So really, you know, like I said, if you add up all of us on what we do on this on this one radio show right now, this one moment, and how much money people pay us to do it, 
I'm believing that all of the stuff that we do, it comes out to less than $5,000 at that much, right? Most of the money comes mm -hmm. out of our pocket, but we're making a difference. We have to figure yeah. out now how to recreate and expand this in other circles. Even if it's, mm -hmm. even if this show does nothing more than, you know, sounding the alarm and we sound it with ourselves. Um, but I say that's, that's what it is. So we got five minutes. Kingsley, you want to wrap up, add up? We got five minutes left. Um, anybody else, Rodney, um, got something to say? And then Pastor, um, Pastor Lewis. Um, I just want to thank everybody for the work that they do. Um, cause I know, I know y'all not getting paid and, and, um, I appreciate it. And, and, um, and, 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 and to Barbara, um, I need to tell you this. At one time I used to go at it with you. Uh, I didn't know who you was. I didn't know about your body of work. And I was given misinformation from people that look like us to make me be against you. And um, I want to apologize to you for letting them use me against you. And I'm telling you that on the air. That's right. That's why. And, and I, I don't appreciate it. I don't, I don't mess with a lot of people right now because I know they know how I am. And I'm telling you that some of these black people in power, they need to go. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to apologize to you on the air and let you know, um, me and you used to go at it because of information they was giving me. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't um, you know, it wasn't accurate. Because mm -hmm. when I see your body of work, I ain't got nothing but respect for you and appreciate you. But Thank when you. people fear, when people fear people, Barbara, what they do, they make up stuff about them, mm -hmm. and that's what they do to me. What they're doing to you, and I didn't see it until after they start doing it to me, making up lies. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I'm a man. I'm apologizing. I appreciate you. Thank you. Mm. Thank I you. appreciate you, Rodney. Rodney, that's that's true, and that's exactly what they do. Because I remember many, many times, years and years and years ago, I uh, being a social activist was a dirty word. I mean, people would uh, and and people that look like me would say, "I'm just a troublemaker. I just got mm -hmm. a big mouth, all that." But you know what? I didn't let that stop me because my work is not about me. It's about those thousands of people behind those bars who don't have a voice who this society would rather ignore their even existence. So I don't let uh, people going behind my back talking about me stop me from anything. So I definitely appreciate you, and I definitely accept your apology because I know that's part of the strategy. Um, Thank you. And I think I uh, – can y'all hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah. Oh, and, I, and again, uh, appreciate Rodney – just being transparent like that. And, and again, he's an individual that just does what he does regardless of the fact. And Barbara, I appreciate Barbara tremendously for the work that she does. Appreciate you, Shafiq Kingsley, and just all the work that you all are doing. And appreciate every leader that's doing something and that has a sincere heart to want to make a difference and to do something about what's going on. We gotta stay consistent 
mm. and make sure that we stay relevant. And so we just got to <laughs> keep doing what we do. <clears throat> it's not about um, always just talking about what people don't do. I learned that a long time ago. It's about sometimes giving the opportunity for them to do something different. And if they choose not to do something different, that's on them. But at least they can't say we didn't know or we didn't know how. I believe that. I believe that we got great leaders amongst us and we got those that need to be removed. And the way you expose that is putting them to task and holding them accountable. So let's continue on to do the work that is necessary to be done. And, and I got much respect and love for each and every one of y'all. Well, appreciate y'all. Appreciate that, man. Well, likewise, I, I have respect for each and every one of you as well for everything that you do. But for the most part, um, Ms. Barbara, you, um, I got to know you from 2011, 2012 when Connecticut Against Violence first started. Our first Facebook page when it racked up 5,000 so fast before it was, it was shut down. And, um, you know, I always say that we cannot all do the same thing. Some are militant, some are not. I cannot be in your shoes to do what you do because sometimes somebody has to go take the beating for the rest of us to be able to do what we do. Some of us have to be politically correct because of certain positions that we're in. But no matter what it is, for as long as we all have one goal, whether it's the goal of our youth, whether it's the goal of the incarcerated, whatever it is, hopefully we all have the same goal. And for the most part, we need to stop beating on each other because our biggest enemy is not a white supremacist, which, is, you know, which that, that problem is of itself. But us beating ourselves is our biggest enemy. The discouragement. I can go all out and want to do everything for my community, but being beat up by my own people, especially the people on the sideline or that person who's doing trying to do the same thing that I'm doing because he wants this, he wants that. That is one of the biggest problems of why we cannot solve the issues in our community. And I learned that from the very beginning when we get into that one big room with the, with, with the big boys and they're like, oh, we got a, a little bit of, a little pot of money for us and everybody want to be, oh, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Instead of making sure that we can all collectively work together to achieve one simple goal with that little bit of money or whatever it is. That is one of our biggest problems. So um, to you all, I really appreciate the work that everybody do as well. And let's keep the civic engagement going because politics rules everything around us in our life. And we need to let our kids know that. 17 years, getting ready to be 18, we need to teach them that you're going to be 18 and you need to know how to vote, not just waiting and watching the commercial or whoever had the biggest uh, uh, long sign or whatever. No, follow that candidate. Get to know that candidate all the way through, not a week before election or not because they came to knock on your door and say, go vote for me. Thank you all. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Thank you all for coming on the show and coming on Urban Talk thank Radio. You. And thank you also, thank you. too, I just want to say, this is a tough conversation. It's a difficult conversation. Uh, we don't always going to agree. And I'm sure there's going to be people on the outside that don't agree with what's going on. And hey, listen, if you listen to this show, if you're a listener and you're like, you know what? I don't agree. I want. I got something to say. You know what? Contact us. You can come on the show. We'd like to hear what you got to say. 
you know, you get a chance to, to put your voice on. We, you know, we don't get paid to do this. I really appreciate you, Kingsley. Kingsley has been a tremendous asset to Urban Talk Radio. He's been tried and true. He's been here when I couldn't. Um, he's held this show down, and that's why we are one of the number one radio shows in the state. That's right. That's right. Um, New Haven right. Independent. And we, and we appreciate Paul, too, for um, hosting us on this show um, and Harry and all the work he does. Kingsley, take us away. Pastor Lewis, uh, you may go to uh, Sick Film School for that information you wanted about my guy from the um, Social Impact Content uh, Film School. It's S-I-C Film School on, on, on his Instagram page. SIC Film School. His name is Jesus R. Real, uh, real good guy. All right. So this is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHH. I am your host, Kinsley Ose, my co-host, Shafiq. And if you are just joining us today on Urban Talk Radio, you can join the conversation on Facebook at Bowmines, also Twitter at Bowmines, also on my Facebook page, Kinsley O-S-E-I. You can also stream this show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Um, we were also joined by our special guest, Pastor John Lewis um, of Christ Testament Church, Outreach Chair, and our New Haven Clergy Association. We're also joined by Rodney Williams, who's a community leader and entrepreneur, and also Ms. Barbara Fair, lead organizer of Stop Solitary uh, Connecticut. Until then, we we'll see you again um, next week. Thank you. A big shout Thank out you. to our producer, Harry Draws.